Welcome into Indisputable, it is Adrian Lawrence. I am filling in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. And thank you so much for joining us this Tuesday. Fortunately, we are graced to have as a guest co-host, Ben Glebe, comedian and NowhereComedyClub.com star, as well as a Rebel HQ contributor. Hey, what's going on, Ben? What's going on, Adrian? Good to be with you again. Absolutely, there's been so much going on right now, especially drama in these streets as it concerns GOP congressional candidates down there in Georgia. Let's go ahead and kick things off with a conversation about Herschel Walker. Because Monday was a bit of a doozy for him after the news broke that this pro-life politician had reportedly paid a girlfriend to have an abortion. Yeah, Walker's adult son then went and put his father on blast. Really, where do we begin with this? Well, I guess we could first start with the woman. So uh, there's a woman who has asked not to be identified out of privacy. Well, uh, the concerns that she had, she told the Daily Beast. She told them that after she and Walker conceived a child while they were dating in 2009, he urged her to get an abortion. The woman said she had the procedure and that Walker reimbursed her for it with a $575 receipt from the abortion clinic, a get well card from Walker and a bank deposit receipt that included an image of a signed $700 personal check from Walker. Now the front of that card features a drawing of a steaming cup of tea and it reads rest relax. The message continues on the inside of the card, recover. Wow, I guess that's how um, that's how Walker does it when you have an abortion. Um, that's very kind of him. Well, when the woman was asked why she came forward, well, she pointed to Walker's hardline stance on what, pro-life? Yeah, check this out. Let me ask you this, I've heard you describe yourself as pro-life. And um, I guess if you're a pastor, you don't have to be pro-life, but Well, that's anyway. what's so funny, uh, you know what's so funny, what's strange when somebody asked me that question, that, that, and it's so strange because I say I'm a Christian. Right now, you say you're a Christian. And they said, Herschel, what do you think of, they asked me all these questions. I'm like, did I not say I'm a Christian? <laughs> that means you're supposed to be pro-life. Yeah, well, I guess that's not necessarily the case. Anyway, uh, the Daily Beast fully corroborated the story. They looked at all of the intel and of course the story ended up spreading like wildfire, causing the very pro-life walker to go on the defense. This is what happened next. After the story was published, Walker released a statement which he called the story a flat out lie and said he denied it in the strongest possible terms. I'm not I'm not taking this anymore. I planning to sue the Daily Beast for this defamatory lie. It will be filed tomorrow morning, he said. I presume he meant the lawsuit. Well, uh, Walker wasn't helping his lawyers write that lawsuit last night. No, he actually went on Fox News to further advance his denial of the story. First question, do you know the woman that is making this allegation? I have no, no idea, but it is a flat out lie. And, uh, and now you know how important this seat is. This seat is very important that they'll do anything to win this seat, lie, because they want to make it by everything else except what the true problems that we have in this country is. Yeah, that's, that's quite interesting. And I, I know what he went on to say that he didn't, uh, that he gives people a lot of money and he didn't really recognize a card. Yeah, that was really special. Anyway, uh, not many people were really buying his lies, including all well, these alleged lies, including uh, one Christian Walker, that's his son, the conservative influencer. Well, he took to social media to air out his father's hypocrisy. Um, 
after Walker tweeted, I love my son no matter what. Well, Christian responded with, you have four kids that we know of and you weren't in the house raising one of them. You were out cheating and lying. If you loved your kids, you'd be raising them instead of running for a Senate race to boost your ego. Of course, then Christian continued to go on a rant. He says every family member of Herschel Walker asked him not to run for office because we all knew some of his past. Every single one, he decided to give us the middle finger and air out all of his dirty laundry in public while simultaneously lying about it. I'm done. And he says, I know my mom and I would appreciate it. I would appreciate if my father Herschel Walker stopped lying and making a mockery of us. You're not a family man when you left us to bang a bunch of women, threatened to kill us and had us more move over six times in six months running from your violence. I don't care about someone who has a bad past and takes accountability, but how dare you lie and act as though you're some moral Christian upright man. You've lived a life of destroying other people's lives, how dare you? He went on and on and on and still going on, including posting this video this morning. You have no idea what me and my mom have survived. We could have ended this on day one. We haven't. I haven't told any stories. I'm just saying don't lie. Don't lie on my mom. Don't lie on me. Don't lie on the lives you've destroyed and act like you're some moral family man. Y'all should care about that, conservatives. And then for people on the left to act as though I'm responsible for all of the things that he has done. I've talked about father episodes, I've talked all these because they've been close to me, because they matter to me, because I went through it. That's why I've talked about it. So when you say, well, talk about your dad, I am. I'm saying this behavior is atrocious. Don't come for me. You don't have to like my policy. You don't have to like me. You don't have to. I'm just saying I'm done with the lies. Yikes, it sounds like he's done with the lies and he's also done keeping quiet. Is this also the take you're getting, Ben? Yeah, I mean, there's probably one extra child that Herschel Walker is regretting not having paid for an abortion for this morning. Um, <laughs> that might be a little harsh, but this guy is just ridiculous in every way Herschel Walker is. It's absurd that this guy firstly is so pro-life supposedly that he does not even allow in his position for an exception for the life of the mother, which is something I don't know how you circle that square. You literally say you're pro-life and we are willing to kill adult women to prove it. I mean, what? how is that possibly a position that somebody can hold? And then to hold that position when you have paid for an abortion is pretty unreal. What a kind way for him to deal with the very difficult life moment of somebody to have an abortion to send a card and not even include a personal note really, just sign it like it's a football you're signing for somebody, pretty unreal. Um, and also surprising that he paid for the abortion considering he had so many other children out of wedlock, it's because he had another child this year probably that he figured that might have been a little much to have two different women, children with two different women in the same year and probably had political aspirations and figured the only people who would vote for him would be his own children. So he had to make as many as possible to have a chance at winning over the electorate. And then turns out even your own children don't support your own candidacy. So that backfired. Yeah, it definitely seemed to backfire. But you know, it's like watching his campaign for Senate, it's just been full of him saying things that are not 
true, are not correct. And it's clear that he is just being puppeted by the GOP and he does not have the wherewithal and his family was right, assuming Christian is being accurate in his statement. His family was right that he should not run. And this is incredibly disappointing. But at the same time is that I don't necessarily know if it'll move the needle in terms of Republican voters there in Georgia, even though it should, all of the lies should have. But this man is clearly, clearly not qualified. He's definitely a problem. And also speaking of problems, well, on Monday, Kanye, Kanye West, he decided to showcase his new Yeezy line during the Paris Fashion Week. And of course, it had to be this. Yeah, White Lives Matter, that's great. He joined, partnered up with conservative advocate Candace Owens. Yeah. They were joining together and wearing their White Lives Matter shirts. And also there were other models who donned similar shirts. And this is so in line with Kanye as far as I'm concerned with his backlash before in terms of saying slavery was a choice and also backing Donald Trump. And of course, following the backlash from the White Lives Matter shirts, well, Kanye shared today on Instagram this story here. This is what he posted. It says everyone knows Black Lives Matter was a scam. Now it's over, you're welcome. All right, so we all know full and well that Kanye does have mental health issues without a doubt. At the same time, um, what, issues of racism? That's not a mental health issue. No, it's not at all. This is a choice that Kanye has made. And also the support of white lives matter. All that's about is reinforcing white supremacy. A writer for Rolling Stone made this comment saying white supremacists such as the KKK and the Aryan Renaissance Society have overtaken the black lives matter phrase used by black people protesting police brutality and reframed it. The Anti-Defamation League has categorized the phrase as a hate slogan. Yeah. And that sounds right on par for Kanye West because if anybody really thought that he was here supporting black people despite his speaking out during Hurricane Katrina against President George Bush. No, his actions really show far, far much and now his words do too. So we need to listen to that and go ahead and heed those words by keeping him very, very far away from black people and any kind of sense of liberation. Thoughts, Ben? Kanye West never ceases to amaze at his desire to rile up the country for a little bit more money in his pocket. He makes a White Lives Matter hoodie or a sweatshirt specifically just so he could sell it to racist white people. This is so disgusting and as you alluded to Adrian, Mental health issues should be taken seriously, but that does not excuse somebody's public behavior when they are influencing the national dialogue, when they are ginning up further racism or empowering racists. It is not okay and it needs to be treated as seriously as somebody, whether they have diagnosed mental health issues or not. You still don't get to go in the public square and say such irresponsible things, do such irresponsible things. But he has always been somebody who only cares for himself, for generating press. And to do this is so insane. To fundamentally misunderstand what Black Lives Matter means and what it stands for is so disgusting. Whether you're a black person, a white person, or a person of any race, a human being should understand that when you're creating a slogan to to finally Convince the public, something they shouldn't even need to be convinced of. 
that a marginalized group that is being brutalized, that is being prejudiced against needs to be treated equally as the groups that are not being treated that way. That's why you mentioned that phrase. It's like my comedian friend Steve Hofstetter says to those who criticize the phrase Black Lives Matter. And they say, well, that does all all lives matter or white lives matter too. That's so stupid. That's like going to an AIDS fundraiser and saying, well, cancer matters too. That's not the point. You are currently talking about one group that needs a little bit of support at this time. And it doesn't mean that you could have this whataboutism for other groups, let alone a group that doesn't need slogans or t-shirts. So it's just frustrating in every way. Absolutely, and it's just disturbing. It's absolutely disgusting. Again, the ADL is listed as a hate speech, a hate slogan, and that's absolutely accurate. And I hope that Kanye loses any kind of sponsorship deals. Gap is probably pretty lucky that it got out now early because again, this is uplifting white supremacy. You are what joining the Aryan nation with this nonsense, Kanye? Is that what's going on? Because that's what it seems is going on. And so if people continue to uplift Yeezy, his brand, as far as I'm concerned, you're uplifting a hate group and you're uplifting someone who is working actively against the liberation of black people and that's not my speed. What a a self-hating person he is. Not only does he want so badly to be white, he wants to be a racist white person and and Mm -hmm. help keep black people down. It's just mind boggling, it's disgusting. Thank God Kim Kardashian got out while she could. (laughs) Yeah, for real. And speaking of self-hating and Kardashian, well, Caitlyn Jenner, yeah, Fox News contributor and occasional, well, regular sellout, appeared on Fox and Friends to comment on a locker room issue that's going on right now in at a Vermont high school. The Olympian accused the left of hijacking and politicizing the trans community. Here we go again. You know, first let's take a step back. The left is hijacked and politicized yet another minority group in our wonderful country, the good old US of A. And this time again, it's trans people. Um, as a result of their radical left and their use of identity politics agenda, they're really driving this country apart. I thought. Joe Biden was supposed to be the great unifier. Mm-hmm. And all they're doing is driving this apart. Yeah, well, I don't know necessarily about that. But of course, the narrative that Jenner is talking about, this is what is involved, courtesy of media. So multiple female volleyball players were banned from using a locker room after complaining about a transgender student who was born a biological male using the same locker room. One of the students said a complaint was made after the student allegedly made an inappropriate comment while the team was changing. Now Jenner conceded that the trans student has a right to use the locker room, but also went on to blast the school for taking action against the girls who complained. Now, does this trans girl have the right under Vermont law to be on the team and to use the locker room? Yes, she does. Do these girls have the right to comment and tell the school board how uncomfortable they are being in a locker room with basically a biological boy with a penis. Absolutely they do. And what is the school's solution to this? Well, let's ban the 10 girls who complain, the complainers, put them off in the corner in their own little part of the locker room and don't do anything when it comes to this trans person. 
This is so incredibly, wow, she's just so special. Anyway, so Jenna went on to suggest that the locker room may be split up as sort of a compromise and even claims that trans rights in schools, really it's just a parental rights issue. If the girls are uncomfortable and I don't blame it, if I had a daughter, I would want my my daughter would be uncomfortable there. So the trans person can obviously use a different area of the locker room and then everybody's happy. But this is a parental rights issue that is on the ballot. The mama bears and the papa bears out there, they are awake because of COVID. They're seeing what's happening mm -hmm. and they're more invigorated than they've ever been before to vote these people out. Jenner really seems to be pushing for a, a separate but equal approach. Anyway, so the mother of the trans student involved shared her side of the story, explaining really that her daughter is being harassed and bullied by fellow students. And the incident really seemed to start in late September when her daughter was changing in the girls' locker room before volleyball practice, when three teammates started yelling at her to get out and to stop looking at them. The students alleged and it ended up being picked up by a local outlet and this is what we know. So after being yelled at, the girls went into a locker room bathroom stall to change. She wasn't sure if she was supposed to put on her team jersey. So she popped her head around the corner at one point to check with her teammates. The girls started yelling at her again. Now the volleyball coach overheard what had happened and reported the incident to school administration. And two days later, an administrator called the mother to tell her that three people reported that her daughter had been bullied and harassed. As a result, the school was launching an investigation. The administrator also told the mother that the girls volleyball team could not be unsupervised in the locker room until the investigation was completed. Yeah, that sounds like a lot is definitely going on here. But what should be going on is inclusivity as opposed to transphobia. And unfortunately, it seems that Caitlyn Jenner is continuing to advance transphobia and these right wing narratives. And it's so incredibly disappointing, much like Kanye West, where it's just the self hatred, self loathing, sellout nature is just disgusting. Ben. Yeah, as somebody who played high school football very unsuccessfully, I can tell you it can be a little confusing as to which practice, which jersey you're wearing, what thing you're doing. So to be able to pop your head around and check on somebody does not proof of anything inappropriate. As Caitlyn Jenner correctly said, this is a matter of the law. It is legal and therefore this student is allowed to be in that locker room. And so I don't understand where the controversy is when the law currently is what it is. But Caitlyn Jenner, yet again, an incredibly confused person. As you can see, not only in the very strange hypocritical nature in what she says, but she said in this clip, if I had a daughter, she has multiple yes. daughters. They're very famous. Has she not heard of Kylie Jenner or or whatever the other one's name is, Courtney Jenner? No one knows the the two of them. Kylie's a billionaire. Maybe they're not returning her if calls at the moment. Why am I blocking the other one's name? The other one, the one that's like you know what I'm talking about. There's two yeah. very famous daughters. Is the point? Yeah, for real. No, I, I remember when I initially watched that clip. I was like, wait, what? Um, it's what's the so other one's name? Kylie Jenner. What's the other one? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Kendall. They, they got all, she'll be different next week with different plastic surgery and fillers. Anyway, but it's just, it's so incredibly disheartening. This thought that she is so willing to tear down members of the trans community that she can't even remember her own kids. Like the that. Community that have given, yeah, exactly, that, that have given her literally such support and the whole 
country. The whole world had given her such support, gracing magazine covers as this as this as this icon of yep. trans movement, and then just to at every turn turn your back on that movement. Yes. It's as though Caitlyn Jenner only wants trans rights for Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah, wow, yeah, exactly. It's like, wow, you are really very much aligned with the GOP. Congratulations, you are playing against yourself without a doubt. This is so hustling backwards. And she, I'm sure, is gonna have an Olympic gold medal in it. Because if she thinks that the right wing is going to suddenly embrace her if they were to rise to power and take over the United States, it's like she couldn't be further from being a fool. Like, are you out of your mind? Anyways, any last thoughts, Ben? Yeah, they, they, Fox News salivates over stuff like this. They love to have somebody who can be an outlier example that can prove their bigotry and come on and say, look, a transgender person agrees with us, so we're all good. You have to factor in that that transgender person is the incredibly self-serving Caitlyn Jenner and then take it with a grain of salt, but nobody will on that side of the aisle. I don't think they will, but I definitely know what we will do, which is take a break now. And so as Dr. Richie says, stick and stay. Welcome back to Overruled, or excuse me, Indisputable. I am on too many shows. It is Adrian Lawrence filling in for Dr. Richie. And there is another show coming up. That's right, it's Nina Turner's Unbossed. You can subscribe to Unbossed with Nina Turner and get ready to tune in daily at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, starting on October 17th. That's youtube.com slash TYT. Nina will expose how the elites in government, media, and other sectors game the system and what people can do to fix the corruption. Oh yeah, you are not gonna wanna miss it. And of course, as always, I do never, I never wanna miss your comments and your thoughts. And so when we look at Herschel Walker paying for the girlfriend's abortion and his son having his moment. Well, the voodoo you do says, LOL, this feels similar to when Herman Cain's mistress put him on blast, yikes. As far as Lynn goes, she said, Walker's actions directly mirror Trump's. Deny you know your accuser threatened to sue, blah, blah, blah. Owen the Schmoopy Dragon says, I mean, I hate Christian Walker as much as the next guy, but this explains a lot, for real. As far as Kanye and Candace Owens donning their White Lives Matter shirts, well, Imploded Brainy says, they had a typo on the sweats, White Lives Matter. Yeah, that's true. Winston Sayer says, I guess the idea of social justice is not cool enough for ye. Kid Madison, Kanye doesn't care about anyone except Kanye. That's true, Ben made that point for sure. Winston 12, 1880 says, Kanye just thinks he is playing Clayton Bigsby on the Chappelle show. He needs to go somewhere, that's for sure. And Bernie the Kingy Dragon, thanks for the 10 pound drop. Says, let's not forget Candace Owens was also present wearing the same shirt with the color palette reversed. What's her excuse? She ain't got no excuse, that's her brand. That's exactly who she is, please, that woman. But the thing is, so many people are out there are so shocked about Kanye. It's because they think, unfortunately, that black people are one monolithic people. And no, that is not the case at all. We have to bear that in mind. Also, when we talk about Caitlyn Jenner, we need to know that she is not part of any kind of monolithic group at all. Jax Drax says she's a terrible, entitled, and privileged person, very much so. Fascist Killis says, yeah, that's a compromise. Let's take it back to the days when black people and white people were segregated. So let's segregate trans people now. Yeah, that's not a good idea. Mike A. Richard says, if I had a daughter, doesn't she have 
too. Yeah, for real. And thank you, Crazy Peaceful, for the 199. Says, damn, Ben throwing shade like a king with Segway Queen. Yeah, for real. And Delishawn, welcome to Indisputable. Yes, thank you so much for joining. All right, let's go ahead and get our Karen on. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You go and get yourself help. Yeah, I will. You need it. I'll get help. I'm getting rid of my stupid, crazy neighbor. Get your dog away from mine. Uh, this is my yard, you stupid bitch. No, your dog has got to be on a leash. Really? He's standing in my yard. But he's supposed to be on a leash. Come on, Aiden, let's go. Yeah, Aiden, take your barking bitch ass in the house. You know what? Watch your language. Watch your I'm 41, Patty. I'm 41. Yeah, I'm 41. I'm a grown man. Anyway, this Karen demanding that her neighbor be put on, uh, put their dog on a leash when it's in his yard. Hmm, that, that's really special as far as I'm concerned. But of course, there's always more. <laughs> Pictures, you get your dog away from mine. Shut the up. Your dog is not even on a leash. You're right, because he ain't doing in my yard. Oh, you know what? He has to be on a leash, according to my vet. Come on, Aiden. <laughs> Look how my dog is being, you stupid bitch. You know what? Your dog is barking, acting a fool. My dog's wagging his tail. This is our yard. I don't care what you say. He needs to be in a fenced yard, or he needs to be. Why? Be, your dog's in a, you're the one that needs a fence yard. Your dog be attacking people. Oh, he has not Bubba a loves everybody except bitches like you. And your dog shouldn't have an owner like you. Well, guess what? He has somebody that protects him. Oh, good. So you my dog. Oh my God, those people are so incredibly toxic. I, I know that Karen was completely out of pocket saying that he needed to have his dog on a leash in his yard is ridiculous. But the way he's just throwing these five letter words at her, oh, this is just nasty. Oh, they say what, uh, good fences keep good neighbors? No, uh-uh, I think therapy keeps good neighbors. Ben? I mean, I kind of love everything about this video. <laughs> I just, I mean, I don't love, you know, some of his misogynistic language, but I do yeah. not hate on somebody aggressively hating on Karen's. These people do need to be put in their place. She at one point says, he needs to have a leash on according to my vet. I mean, the amount of psychosis happening there is unbelievable. Or how about the fact that you keep saying your dog needs a leash and her dog is running around without a leash? I mean, it's just, there's not a sense in the world. I also love, you can tell how Karen, this Karen is, and the fact that he's throwing pretty aggressive bombs at her, and she is not phased in the least. She literally doesn't even process it. Like, almost like the B word is her name. Like, she's equally as used to being called that in her home, outside in the world. It's just every day. She's like, yeah, well, sure, I am that. And still, your dog should put a leash on. And her dog is the one being loud. It's unreal. We've lost our minds. I wish we could just kind of get an island where we could put Caitlyn Jenner and Kanye and a whole bunch of Karens, and they could Kanye and Caitlyn could marry each other and become the rulers of of Karen Island. I think that maybe is one of the best strategies I can come up with to save our country. 
We'll see. Yeah, well, getting them all as far away from me as possible would bring me immense joy. These people out here, they just, mm -mm, no, they got issues. Oh, and speaking of issues, an unfortunate issue has arisen with the Detroit police. After suffering a mental health crisis, there's a 20 year old man who's now dead at the hands of the police. Well, his family, they're pleading for answers now. This is the man here, his name is Porter Burks. And he was riddled with bullets after police were called to his home. And this happened on Sunday morning at the home of Burks mother, Kiana Wilson. And this is what we know from the Detroit Free Press. Burks, who was diagnosed with schizophrenia three years ago, was experiencing a mental health crisis and got a hold of a pocket knife, Wilson said. Burks' brother called the police so officers could take the knife away from Burks and transport him to a hospital. But unfortunately, according to Wilson, Burks, things did not go well. Now, Burks had had previous encounters with the Detroit police and they were aware of his mental health condition. But this time, the police did not respond with the nature of understanding that they needed to. Rather, they responded very aggressively. The grieving mother said that her son was shot over 24 times. Now, Detroit Police Department officials have not confirmed the number of times Porter Brooks was shot, saying only that he was shot multiple times. Now, Wilson said that when she removed the sheet over her son's face to identify his body, she saw at least 15 bullet wounds on his chest alone. Now, the Detroit Police Chief, that's this man here, we'll put him up, James White, says that the department will be reviewing the footage of the event and that the incidents that led up to the deadly shooting, that those two will be investigated. Of course, it's always interesting having law enforcement investigate itself because we know we're not necessarily going to get the full and fledged truth. But in this situation, what if there are anywhere near 24 bullets that were put in this man's body? And we do know that police are alleging that the young man had had lunged their way, but again, it's a knife and also 24 bullets. That seems like a lot, a lot of unnecessary lethal force to take someone down, Ben. It's just so tragic, story after story. It's a pocket knife at that, not even a large butcher knife. You could be potentially actually scared for your life. And you could understand maybe if it indeed is true that someone lunged at you with a knife, you do whatever you can to disarm it. You'd hope a police officer would be trained to be able to disarm. You could tase somebody, you could knock the knife out of their hand, break their arm if you have to, if they're jumping at you. God forbid if it needs to go to the next step, you could use your gun to shoot somebody with non-lethal force. You could, you could decapacitate them. You do not need in any stretch of the imagination, five, 15. 24 shots, it's just insane. These people are drunk on power and do not value lives of all Americans like they should. It is really scary, it's really sad. I hope they release this footage soon and I hope that justice can be done. The more that we can finally hold rogue police officers, poorly trained departments to account. Maybe eventually, once we see enough convictions of corrupt police officers, of people that cannot handle the power that they're given by the state, maybe we'll start to see some change. But we seem to be a far ways off from that now. Absolutely, because there's no reason you need to unload 24 bullets into somebody holding a pocket knife. Like it just, it, it makes no sense. And I do understand that knives are considered deadly force, lethal force, but at the same time, 
unless he's, it's a big knife and the person's a trained knife thrower, it's like really, what are you gonna do? You can't just fire one bullet and see where we're going next. It's just, it's completely and totally unnecessary and it's, it's atrocious, but it is also very much the American way. Anyway, we're gonna go ahead and take a break now. And as Dr. Richie says, stick and stay. Cops are now being sued for tasing a black male while he was already completely restrained. Here's a video. Yeah, let's go. You want to go? Yeah. You want to go? We can go. You want to go? Yes. Let's go. Do it again. Do it again. Let's go. Chump. You didn't do nothing, man. You ain't nothing. You ain't nothing. You ain't nothing. I ain't. Yeah. Take me out. You ain't nothing. Look at that, he was completely restrained. Put up the screenshot of all of these cops who just wanted to punish somebody who decided to be verbal. Again, the black man you saw getting tased, Mr. Travis Cole was fully 100% restrained. When White Boulder County Sheriff Sergeant decided to use a taser on him. Cole alleges race was a motivating factor in the decision to use excessive force. Incident took place on the night of September 21st, 2020 at the Boulder County Jail and has left that man, Travis Cole, traumatized and extremely distrustful of law enforcement. Let's put up a picture of Sergeant Christopher Mecca. He's the one who deployed the stun gun. He resigned in lieu of termination, but was arrested. What was he arrested on? Misdemeanor counts of third degree assault and official misconduct, that is it. What you saw was felony activity. Those were felonies that you saw in front of you. He was allowed to resign, not fired. And then they charged him with misdemeanors and official misconduct. A jury convicted him December 2021 and he was sentenced to probation. No jail time for terrorizing an individual who was restrained. Cole's attorney, Mary Newman, said it was a failure of training on the part of the department and Mecca superiors for allowing unconstitutional conduct to occur. Mecca made a conscious decision to use force in a way that he thought he could get away with, Newman said. He took Travis race into account when deciding what kind of excessive force to use against him. Um, And I agree with the attorney. Now remember also, all of those cops standing around, they had a duty to intervene by the way. Have they been arrested? No, have they been charged with crimes? No. They allowed another human being to be brutally assaulted, to be attacked criminally by one of their own. Why? Because that person had on a uniform. I guarantee you, if it would have been me or you doing something like that, we would have all been arrested. 
but the rules are different, right? For police officers. Before his encounter with law enforcement, Cole of Rogers, Arkansas, said he had been drinking to celebrate his birthday with his then girlfriend of Longmont, Northeast of Boulder. At the time, he was considering moving to Colorado. But when the pair began arguing that night, police were called. Cole was arrested on a DV charge and transferred to the Boulder County Jail. Newman said that the charge in this case was actually dropped. The Boulder County Sheriff's Office said that Cole was intoxicated and had been physically combative. So he was not physically combative inside of a restraint chair, he was restrained. With the arresting officers that night, according to the report, at the jail, he was strapped in the chair. He told NBC News that the officers started being rough with him by pulling and grabbing his neck, and that the and that Mecca, the sergeant, looked at him strangely and provoked him with name calling. According to the lawsuit, Mecca taunted Cole as the other deputies restrained him in the chair. Cole could be heard in the video saying, let's go repeatedly with Mecca responding, you want to go. And then what did Mecca do? He decided to tase a man who was completely 100% utterly defenseless. And then gets arrested for misdemeanor for breaking the law. Yeah, all right, this is the thoughts here. You said it perfectly before, if this was in any other context, if those people did not have that blue uniform on, we would all be like saying these people need to be thrown in jail. It literally looks like they're torturing this man, cuz they are. And this is not something we can reform everyone. This is not a system we can reform. Like I mentioned earlier, you cannot train this away. I don't want people to just watch this for shock value and not, you know, turn off their phones and you know go about their days. I want people I don't want people to be disincentivized to this type of violence that happens because it'll continue to happen unless we all band together and collectively try to stop this kind of system system of violence. That's right. Like how many times do black people have to suffer and be victimized before we actually say enough is enough. And I also want to just say that this is a direct violation of this man's eighth amendment rights from cruel and unusual punishment. This is completely disgusting and I'm like getting emotional right now because this this is just horrible and I, I, I can't um, fathom that this is a system that you know we continue to allow to happen and thrive in this country. Completely despicable and more people will, I'm so glad that this man didn't lose his life, but it was yep. a strong possibility that he could have. I want to remind everyone, the man was innocent, innocent. We say in America, you're innocent until proven guilty. It should not even be until proven guilty, it's innocent unless proven guilty. When we say innocent until proven guilty, we are insinuating that you will be proven guilty at some point in the judicial process. No, it's innocent unless you are proven guilty. They did that to an innocent individual, all right. Welcome back to Indisputable. It is Adrian Lawrence filling in for Dr. Richie. And we have an effort which you can participate in and be a great advocate. That's right, helping out the people of Jackson, Mississippi. Yes, we know Mississippi has been purposely left behind with a crisis that's unresolved and we all wanna help. So if you can go to tyt.com relief to make a contribution to the National Clean Water Collective for clean water and testing kits to help those in Jackson, Mississippi who still very much need clean water. That's right, go to tyt.com slash relief. And let's see what y'all got to say. As far as a Karen demanding the man put a leash on his own fenced dog in his own fence. Well, A. Risden says, why isn't her dog on a leash then? Exactly. 
exactly. I'm sure it's because her veterinarian didn't say she had to. David Morris said, okay, she's a straight up Karen, but he's damn aggressive, I know. Like the way he was talking to her, you ain't gotta do that. And also you doing it on your own filming, come on. Sliven says, sweetest looking pit bull ever, exactly. I feel bad for the dogs in that situation. Octo Squiddies, I'm sorry, ma'am, your vet is out of this jurisdiction. Aaron the Butcher, that's a fenced yard with chicken wire. Betwixt the slats, it isn't going anywhere. As far as the mother wanting the police body cam of the son's killing released, well, Mickey C. the Silverhead Dragon said it's hard to get convictions when cops lie on the official report and their departments back them up. Absolutely, because who knows if that young man actually did lunge at them or not. Miss Anonymous 617 says we shouldn't have to always have a camera on us because we are afraid of the people that are supposed to protect. <laughs> Sunshine Dragon 24, how many? were shot at him, really, they are that effing scared, exactly. How are you gonna unload 24 bullets into someone, really? Calm like a bomb says, funny how cops in most other countries don't carry a gun and they don't kill three civilians a day. They don't have a ton of cops being killed either, weird. Yeah, isn't it weird? It's incredible how our society is so gun happy. Also, just the disarray. But uh, we will go ahead and move on to our next story, which also involves police. There is an Arlington, Texas police officer who is now not able to hide behind qualified immunity. He's gonna have to face the excessive force claim by the estate of a father who shot the man after the car was driving, was stopped. Because his two-year-old daughter threw a plastic candy cane out of the window, that's right. Father was driving and the child, two years old, threw a plastic candy cane out of the window. Yeah, absolutely wild for the fact that that they killed him over that. Yeah, Tavis Crane is his name, he died at the age of 23 from the gunshot wounds. Crane was driving and his daughter and two adult passengers were in the car when officers Elise Bowden saw an object that looked like Of course, she said a crack pipe being tossed out of the back window and pulled the car over. That kind of gives me a sense of what the race of these people were probably. So some background on the shooting. Well, as Bowden approached the car, the officer, she saw the red top of a large plastic Christmas candy cane fall out of the car and realized that what she saw thrown earlier was the toy's clear bottom hat. Bowden still ran Crane through her computer and it came back with misdemeanor warrants against him and possibly a felony probation violation, which she couldn't confirm. Well, Roper and Officer Eddie Johnson arrived and three officers asked Crane to get out of the car. When Crane refused, Roper drew his gun, climbed in the backseat of the car and grabbed him by the neck. Bowen told Roper to get out of the car and according to the other passengers, when Crane moved his hand to turn the car off, Roper shot him. The car lurched and Roper shot him three more times in the abdomen. Now the judge presiding over that case, Judge Patrick E. Higginbotham in particular, has a strong opinion with regard to the officer's misconduct. This is what he said. The district court erred by granting Officer Craig Roper qualified immunity because questions existed regarding the severity of the crime involved and whether Tavis Crane posed a threat and was resisting arrest, the September 30th opinion by Judge Higginbotham said. 
It was also clearly established at the time that using deadly force on an unarmed, albeit non-compliant driver held in a chokehold in a parked car was a constitutional violation. Absolutely, a civil rights violation. He had the right to life and that was taken from him all over a candy piece of toy, whatever being thrown out of a window. But it's so interesting how the police left to say, "Oh, they swore it was a crack pipe. Really interesting, Ben. Everything about these police officers excuses during these incidents just doesn't stand to muster. It's just, you know something's a crack pipe when it's being flown out of a window. There's lots of items in the world. Most things are not crack pipes. Turns out to be a plastic bottom of a candy cane holder. And then they that's even before they, they talk to the person. They're going, you had an officer holding him in a chokehold from the back seat with a gun drawn on him. You've got him subdued, it's okay, it's fine. So many of these police officers think that just because somebody has some sort of a criminal record or an outstanding warrant for misdemeanors or even five or even a hundred, who cares? That means that that person can be brought in for that. They can be held to justice for that through the legal system, you are not Sheriffs or cowboys in the Wild West, even then there was a moral code. It just doesn't make sense that people think they can take someone's life over something. I mean, the, 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 the man's child was in the car. It's just so horrific, it's so sad, it's unconscionable. Thank God this judge took away his qualified immunity. Um, we'll see how the case shakes out. Hopefully again, justice can be done here in a case that it seems pretty obvious from everything we've heard, justice yeah. was not done thus far. And again, we need to keep holding these police officers to account. Something Dr. Ritchie does so well, something I know you do so well, Adrian. And we try to do on this show because it's gonna take a long time, sadly, of continually holding these police officers to the fire and to justice until finally maybe they realize we need to use better judgment when trying to carry out our jobs, simple as that. Yeah, you know, this qualified immunity doctrine, something that was created by the courts, it really insulates law enforcement from accountability, especially given the breadth from what the, what the courts create is reasonable. What they say is reasonable conduct. And here, the behavior clearly wasn't reasonable. And so I commend the Fifth Circuit for saying, uh 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 uh, no, there were questions about this reasonableness, and this is a problem. We're sending this back. This is not okay because so much of what these law enforcement officers do is not okay. It doesn't make sense. Claiming that you swore it was a crack pipe when what it was probably like some kind of little Pez dispenser or something. It, no, we can't yeah. continue to take yeah. law enforcement. We can't continue to take law enforcement's word for it. You know, it's just it's it's completely and totally unacceptable the lies that they're coming up with to cover up their behavior. Yeah, Ben. And even if it was a crack pipe, their point is what? You're allowed to use drugs and not be murdered. Those are not equitable results. That's an excuse. Well, I thought it was a crack pipe, so I killed him. Oh, you're judge, jury, and executioner of somebody who whatever place they're in their life is using crack? Okay, arrest them if you want. That you're allowed to do. What's it got to do with excessive force and murdering someone in cold blood? Doesn't make any sense. No, it doesn't, and especially because he had misdemeanor warrants, yeah. Yeah, real dangerous guy, I'm sure. Get out of here. It's just, it's absolutely absurd.
and also speaking of absurd, right now the seditious conspiracy trial of Oath Keepers founder Stuart Rhodes is going on. It started yesterday with the opening arguments. And during those arguments, well, the DOJ played some riveting sound for the jury. The Oath Keepers founder, well, he was recorded days after the Capitol attack saying on audio, my only regret is that they should have brought is that they should have brought rifles. And he added that they could have fixed it right then and there if they had weapons with them at the Capitol. Here he is. That's right. Now, alongside Rhodes were members Jessica Watkins, Thomas Caldwell, Kenneth Harrelson, and Kelly Meggs. They're also on trial for seditious conspiracy. These are the most significant and grave charges so far where we've seen a trial, and especially one of sedition. Now, the DOJ alleges that Rhodes and the members of his group, well, that they plotted to oppose the peaceful transfer of power, really stockpiling guns outside of DC that could be brought into the city at a moment's notice. And this is what we have. So Rhodes lawyers have noted that he followed DC strict gun laws, which they say is an indication that he would have only acted upon an order from then President Donald Trump. But the audio recording and other evidence prosecutors presented Monday suggests that Rhodes plan to disrupt certification of the presidential election regardless of what Trump said. Rhodes defense attorneys are using a novel legal defense strategy arguing that he believed his actions leading up to January 6th were legal because he believed Trump would invoke the insurrection act. Yeah, I don't necessarily know how that works. As in, I'm waiting for the president to do something. So I figure that what I'm doing in preparation for it and what I plan to execute, even though it's illegal now, it could be legal later. Yeah, I don't think that that's a really strong argument. But I will leave it to the litigators there, including Assistant US Attorney Jeffrey Nessler. And he said that Rhodes's reference to the Insurrection Act were nothing more than an attempt to give legal cover for something that Rhodes, a Yale educated attorney, mind you, knew was illegal. His proof, a recording of Rhodes saying the Insurrection Act references were legal cover, which Nestler also played for the jury. That's right, the man is a Yale educated attorney. And he's also caught on a recording saying that they're going to use this as cover. He knows exactly what he's doing. Well, so this trial is expected to further really highlight the ties between the Trump associates and the Oath Keepers. This also per NBC News. Another Oath Keeper who pleaded guilty to seditious conspiracy told the court that Rhodes spoke with a Trump intermediary on the night of January 6th and asked to speak directly to Trump while imploring the person to tell President Trump to call upon groups like the Oath Keepers to forcibly oppose a transfer of power. Yeah, all of these little right wing militia groups are just utter nonsense. And it really seems to be coming out of the gates with this opening statement, playing the recordings of Rhodes, also emphasizing the fact that he is a Yale educated attorney. So he knows what he's doing. That sounds like it's a pretty powerful case for sedition. What do you think, Ben? No doubt is it. And it doesn't matter if they brought the rifles into the city or not. Maybe that can affect sentencing to some degree. You still tried to stop the certification of an election. This is what happens when you allow a leader 
let alone the President of the United States to poison the minds of millions of people with outright lies. When you have a President that for the first time says in a press conference, no, I do not promise a peaceful transfer of power, which is by the way, a fact that I think is completely underreported and under focused on in the Jan 6 committee, in the impeachment trial. They don't focus on the fact that how they focus so much on the word, Oh, we should fight, fight like hell on Jan 6. Well, he says, oh, that was metaphorical, it wasn't calling for violence. Well, you directly called for violence when you said if you lose the election, you will not promise a peaceful transfer of power. That's the biggest piece of evidence on Trump in my mind. And the argument to to say, oh, if we were planning that Trump might have have invoked the Insurrection Act, so we were waiting and committing crimes anyway. It's the most absurd reasoning you could ever muster. It's literally like saying, "Oh, I committed murder in hopes that they change murder laws one day that makes murder okay. It's just, it's completely backwards logic as you'd expect from Oath Keepers or anybody that supports Donald Trump, a man obviously of very malintent and low intelligence. So that's what you get when you elect people like this. Yeah, absolutely. And also having these minions, including Rhodes, who is highly educated to back his play to engage in this. And it would be incredibly, incredibly disturbing if there is jury nullification here and he's not convicted. Because it seems even so far with the opening statement, even though those are not evidence, it seems like there is plenty of evidence to get a conviction for seditious conspiracy. But one thing we also definitely know is that the US Attorney's Office is really riding on this one because there are several other January 6th insurrectionists who are waiting trial on a seditious conspiracy charge. And so in the event that this one does not work out, it could mean significant changes for how the US attorneys approach convicting, getting a conviction for some of these insurrectionists. There is a lot going on and we will have more details for you when we get back. So as Dr. Ritchie says, stick and stay. Welcome back to Indisputable. It is Adrian Lawrence filling in for Dr. Richie, and we have some exciting news for you. I think there's a special going on. Ben, is that right? That is, yeah. I dropped my second hour special recently, stand-up comedy special on YouTube. It's called The Mad King. You can see the title right there. You can just search Glebe Special or search for Glebe the Mad King on YouTube. Best reviewed thing I've ever done in my life. It is. Something I'm very, very proud of. It's we released it on YouTube for free specifically so people could see it, leave comments, and then just share it wide. So hopefully I can get to that next, that elusive next level in stand up because I think the material is there. I think you'll love it. I talk about a lot of progressive issues in the special from abortion rights to being critical of those who impose their religion on others to people who are critical of people protesting for their own rights. And I try to do it all in a very unique, original, laugh out loud way. So I really do hope people check it out um, as soon as they can. That's awesome. Well, I'm excited and I'm definitely gonna check it out. And um, right now, let's go ahead and check out what y'all got to say. So about the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals rejecting the cop shooting for qualified immunity. Well, Yeetwood Max says a crack pipe is still not a reason to kill someone. Absolutely, it's been observed. Aurora says when they saw the crack pipe was a piece of plastic toy, they should have slowed their roll instead of escalation. Yeah, that would have been really good. Octo Squiddy says, I'm more surprised the cop didn't think the candy wrapper was a gun. And 
it's also wild too, because they murdered that man and his two year old child was in the car. And so it makes you wonder what happened to that child. What were the next steps? But as far as the Oath Keeper sedition trial, well, Marshing says the Insurrection Act is to protect against insurrections, not to start them. That's a really good point. It's an <laughs> excellent point. Winston Sayer says, what are they teaching at Yale? That's a damn good question. But also he went to Yale Law School. They say that they essentially that it makes professors, not litigators. So that may be where Rhodes went wrong. Warlock says, prosecutors need to stake out the true providence of patriots to take that back from and take it away from supremacist fascist scumbags like this. Protecting freedom and liberty is patriotic, not taking it away from people. Yep, I agree with that very much. And I really wish that there were other little right wing militia groups who agreed with that principle like the Proud Boys. And because of a new book out there, that's Huffington Post reporter Andy Campbell's new book, We Are Proud Boys. Well, we have now more insight into the right wing group. Even a little explanation on how the group got its name. So we know that the Proud Boys name first came to Gavin McGinnis while he watched with disgust as a 12 year old boy with brown skin sang a musical number on stage at a school recital. How weird is that? And that is Gavin McGinnis right there. Yeah, really. All right, so Andy Campbell says this in the book about McGinnis. McGinnis was pissed that he had to be in the audience at all. He already sat through performances of his son playing the drums and his daughter playing the guitar. And now here was this kid singing a song from a Broadway musical. This little Puerto Rican kid comes out and he goes, I'll make you proud boy. It was the gayest effing song. When I was watching, I was like, this is obviously the Hispanic son of a single mom. He did high five a grown man afterward. But I couldn't have, it couldn't have been the real dad. What? Yeah, so this is what Gavin McGinnis had said on his show. Wow, racist, classist, ugh, homophobia, run amok, disgusting. Oh, so on the podcast, McGinnis's producer then played a bit of the song, Proud of Your Boy from the Broadway version of Aladdin, which he continued to mock. And this is what he said on the show. He said, OMG, he was singing an Aladdin song, what a dork. The worst part is I don't think he was gay. I think he was just like, this is a good song and I can really use my effing diaphragm. What is up with this? Gavin McGinnis is like a full fledged adult getting upset because he went to like a children's recital. Are you out of your mind? Well, Campbell concludes the whole incident in his book writing, the origin of the Proud Boys, the nation's most notorious political fight club, can be traced to one reactionary bigot behind a microphone who hated a child he figured was a fatherless Puerto Rican. McGinnis seems to embrace this characterization through his wife is, though his wife is apparently appalled by it. Yeah, I think his wife and any sane, logical person in this world, like, not only is it just absolutely pathetic, it just there's just isms galore with this. This is a disgusting human being, without a doubt. And as are any individuals who identify with being proud boys, Ben. Um, it's <laughs> these are, they call themselves boys because they are boys. It's the only thing I disagree with what you said, Adrian, calling him a full-fledged adult. This is a full-fledged child. This person that. This is what you're occupying your mind with. This is what you're occupying your time with. Not just to think you're mocking thoughts bad enough, but then to go on air and talk about it and mock the choice of a 
young child singing a song and then name your organization after it. They're a bunch of idiotic racist bigots. They're homophobic children and thankfully this group is being ostracized and finally being held to account. There's not much else to say, it's just disgusting and unreal. This is the person that founded Vice News and thankfully they disavow him, but how embarrassing for them. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, how are you gonna be at like your kid's recital and you're getting all racist and homophobic toward a child who's performing? That is just, uh, um, that is just beyond me, I do not get it. But then again, that's what these right wing little militia groups are and they are indignant about their right to engage in this hate, it's utterly disgusting. And of course, we have more intel on another one of them, the Patriot Front. Yeah, so a few weeks ago, we reported on the leaked training footage from the Patriot Front group. And well, we have more footage that's been brought to you by a really cringy, cringy situation. This is absolutely, utterly absurd. Watch this. You can take a gun, shoot somebody in the face, it's not hard. Sometimes it might even be fun if they're a godless commie. Now, what they're trying to do is sneak the COVID vaccine in your salads. I never had, I hate math. Somebody say amen. Yes. So go back to rest. All right. And then the other, so the other part of this, uh, this move is that the section leader is the one that issues the, the cycle advance as one. Marcus, keep up. Step. Step. Marcus, you got to keep up. Step. <laughs> and, stay, and, and stay close because I'm going from here. So you got Step. Brian's trying to this. Step. 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 I don't know what's more offensive, everything about that video or that guy with like socks and Tevas or something. <laughs> like she's like, what are they doing? I don't know. Uh, I know we've got more of this, but Ben, any thoughts on this so far? I mean, I'm, I, this is great to see. I'm glad this came out because I've never been less scared of the Patriot front now. Oh my gosh, what if we encounter them and they go like this? And slowly push you with their soft forearms. What are we to do? I think I think blind you with his pasty legs. They'd be better off using Tybo as a training video because that (laughs) that wasn't it. That wasn't it. I don't know what they plan to stop, but I guess it doesn't stop there. We've got more footage. Watch this. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, you know, and watching that, all I could think of is the fight scenes in 300, because uh, they are just very much on par. Just wow, I am just, ooh, I am a little shaken if I ever see the Patriot front, Ben. I mean, what I, 
what I'm most uh, astounded by in that clip was the guy that kept trying to break through the middle. Why well, he didn't just go around this six foot blockade? <laughs> what is their plan here? If somebody tries to break through us and doesn't realize there is space to the left and right, we will stop any enemy effectively. I love the guy on the very right there in the brown just smiling the whole time as he's pushing the guy. This is just so embarrassing. It's, this, this, this would be a parody video. I could see this on Key and Peel. I mean, this is unbelievable. Yeah, I could see it on Key and Peel too, as long as Key and Peel weren't black. But it's just like this. Strong point. Strong point. But like this, are you kidding me? I just, the sad part is, I think a lot of people end up, well, being indoctrinated with hate, but also is they're looking for community. They're looking to be a part of something. And it's kind of clear because I think anybody who would have a solid core group of friends or felt like they had a purpose and a calling and people with them would. Be in that experience and be like, no dice, this isn't for me. There's, it's just, it's absolute nonsensical and it's just stupid. But my God, I think these people are gonna save us in the event of like a zombie apocalypse, is that right? I guess so, I guess so. I used to judge people who didn't have groups of friends and then instead went into their basements and played Dungeons and Dragons. I now think those are American heroes. They're people that take their loneliness and keep it to themselves or play harmless games. Don't try to create absurd, absurd racist groups. So I miss those D&D guys, call me. <laughs> That's a good point. The things we were complaining about before, now the world has given us something really to complain about. And it's people like this, Tevas and socks and blockades. Anyway, we will be back after this as Dr. Richie says, to and stay. Welcome back to Indisputable. It's Adrian Lawrence filling in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. And there are some exciting things going on every day here, every weekday. One of them is the watch list. That's right, with JR Jackson. Definitely add that to your watch list and join JR live weekdays, 12 Eastern, 9 Pacific. You can watch live daily and subscribe at youtube.com slash watchlist TYT. Oh, and of course, we've got Unbossed with Nina Turner coming up. That's Right, so Unboss with Nina Turner, subscribe and get ready to tune in daily at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, starting on October 17th. Go to youtube.com slash TYT. Nina will expose how the elites in government, media, and other sectors game the system and what people can do to fix the corruption. You will not want to miss it. Be sure to sign up also and coming up after Indisputable, we're talking about that deep dive. That's right with Jordan Yule. That's at 4 Eastern, 1 Pacific on twitch.tv slash TYT. And let's check out what y'all got to say on your comments and super chat activity. So Exo Sarah Dragon, thanks for the $5, says, I'm surprised there is anyone here who hasn't watched Mad King by now. Inspired work, Ben. We are all busy, friends. Find one hour, please. Yes, yes. I love that. That is Thanks fantastic. Thanks so much for the kind words. Appreciate it very much. Awesome. As far as the Proud Boys founder being named uh, or naming the group after mocking a child, well, Jenk Zappa says he named his group after a song he hated because he thought it was gay. Is Gavin McGinnis secretly gay? Certainly seems that way. Uh, whatever he is, he's problematic, I'll tell you that. And Jax Drax says maybe he's still bitter over not getting the lead role in a musical when he was in school. 
Could be that. Mm. As far as the Patriot Front's cringy training videos being leaked. Well, David Morris says Dancing with the Stars backstage. Mm -hmm. Popped our dragon, I'm feeling pretty good about our chances in this civil war, y'all. Seriously. <laughs> Sad, so true. Um, Nerdo Pythias says there's plenty of laughs to be had at the LARP, uh, but I guess LARPing maybe. But these dudes are legitimately violent and legitimately a threat to people on the street. Agreed. Uh, LV18 White Girl says, is this some generic flanks? Spartans would turn in their graves. Yeah, for real. Mo Fury, <laughs> just a bunch of dudes being manly in the woods. I'm trembling with intimidation, seriously. And Travel Nurse Dragon, so many incels with weekends free, weekends, weeknights, everything. Also, Chris Fimbolt, forgive me if I butchered that, with the $5 donation. Thank you, thank you. Said, imagine being Marcus, who can't keep up. LOL, being the worst of the worst would be depressing. Absolutely, without a doubt. I would definitely say that these people are jokes. And speaking of jokes, well, there was a man who was arrested over a Facebook parody that he was doing. And hey, it did not go well for him, but what is going well for him is the publication The Onion. What did they do? They filed a brief before the US Supreme Court. They literally did to try to help this man and to elevate online parody news. It's very important to The Onion. The dude who got arrested, his name is Anthony Novak. Here's his picture of Parma, Ohio. Well, he spent four days in jail over a Facebook page that he created in 2016 that mocked his local police department. And he was prosecuted and a jury found him not guilty. Well, Mr. Novak is saying that his civil rights were violated and he's trying to sue the city for damages. A federal judge dismissed the lawsuit earlier this year saying that the police had qualified immunity. And an appeals court upheld the decision. Now it's time for SCOTUS. The high court is reviewing his request to take up the matter. So some background on Novak's parody here. So Mr. Novak's fake Facebook page for the police department was modeled after the real page, but it contained a satirical slogan, we know crime. One post claimed that the department would ban city residents from feeding homeless people in an attempt to have the homeless population eventually leave our city due to starvation. Other posts joked about abortion and pedophilia. The police, as well as some residents who called them to complain about the site, did not find the page funny. That's interesting. Well, he sought some help from The Onion, interestingly enough. And one of Mr. Novak's lawyers, Patrick Giacomo, said in an interview Monday that last month he contacted Jordan LaFleur, the managing editor of The Onion, which is based in Chicago, to make him aware of the case and to see if they'd be interested in helping raise attention. And of course, they came to his defense. After agreeing to help out Novak's lawyers, this is what happened for The New York Times, to prepare the filing. The Onion worked with lawyers in Grand Rapids, Michigan, who had previously worked with Mr. Giacomo. Now, one of those lawyers, D. Andrew Portinga, said Monday that writers at The Onion had helped his team flesh out the text and legal citations with quips. In a filing that read, in places like one of its articles, The Onion laid out why it believes the authorities in Ohio had acted unconstitutionally, sprinkling insincere arguments in defense of parody, while riddling the rest of the text with moments of jest and hubris, claiming, for example, a readership of 4.3 trillion, and also boasting that it owns and operates the majority of the world's transoceanic shipping lanes. Well, the brief also noted that the case posed a threat to the Onion's business model. 
This was only the latest occasion on which the absurdity of actual events managed to eclipse what the Onion staff could make up, it said. Much more of this on the front page of the Onion would be indistinguishable from the New York Times. That is a hell of a statement because hey, we need parody in this life. We need people to be able to joke and not be subject to governmental control. But for these officers engaging in their behavior, we wouldn't be here. But this is also a nice little dig at qualified immunity as well. Ben. I personally as a comedian don't believe we do need parody. (laughs) (laughs) It's unbelievable where we've gotten where first of all, people are confusing comedy, are confusing parody and satire with real life. And then the person's getting arrested for all of the crimes going on with our democracy actively being torn down. This is what gets brought to justice, a man putting up a comedy website to make fun of the police. Something that we need to do to be able to hold people to account. The only problem with this approach is that when the onion comes to your legal defense, do people take the legal defense seriously or does the guy stay in jail or end up being being found guilty from that? So it's an interesting choice for their side, but maybe not the best choice for him who actually is in some kind of legal trouble. But what a ridiculous place we're in where people don't understand what satire is. And I think clearly the man that created this parody website has a good sense of humor, but despite that, he should receive the death penalty. I think that is obvious to any good-minded person. He should be fried, and they shouldn't even put one of those eye covers on. Let him see it, because he should suffer the consequences for his crimes. And I'm dead serious about that. Oh my God. Well, um, I think that that might be inhumane. That might violate that whole Eighth Amendment thing against cruel and unusual punishment. I don't care. He let, Hmm. let this guy make jokes, Adrian. We don't have room for that in America anymore. He made jokes, fry him. I do love that he had posted it on Facebook and some of the local residents didn't like it. It's like, of course they didn't like it, it's Facebook. That's where your aunt and like grandma hang out. Like, why didn't he go to a platform that would have been more receptive to his comedy like Twitter, Twitter? <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is a real tough thing. I'm glad the community has has rallied against this guy and are gonna finally Finally hold his feet to the fire. I hope literally, I think maybe firing squad is the move for him. Absolutely, I think I think that that is something that could happen without a doubt. Um, but uh, hopefully it won't. Hopefully he'll able he'll be able to beat the case and uh, maybe undermine qualified immunity. I think it would be interesting though uh, with the Supreme Court if they end up, uh, depending on you know how they end up going with this, uh, especially because I know this particular term that just kicked off yesterday is going to be very tumultuous in terms of them ripping up things like affirmative action in schools, as well as possibly ending democracy as we know it. But that's just some of the exciting stuff that's going on in law. And if you want to catch some more of it, you can check me out on Overruled on Rebel Headquarters. I always have videos posted there. And Ben, where can people find you in the Mad King? This is a good question. Thank you, Adrian. I do three videos a week for Rebel HQ myself. And you can check out my special, The Mad King. It's on YouTube. You can watch my first special also on YouTube called Neurotic Gangster. 
Subscribe to my podcast, Last Week on Earth. New season is starting soon. And I summarize the world's events and the week's events there from every last week on Earth when I do it, which is pretty infrequently. So it won't take that much of your time. Follow me at Ben Glebe on all socials. My link in bio takes you to all the things. Doing a big Halloween live virtual show on October 29th, Saturday. You can come hang with me live on Zoom and have a great time and get some some funny scares in. Why not? I like that, I like that. Definitely viewers out there, take him up on it. And definitely stay tuned in for tomorrow when I believe Dr. Ritchie will be back to hold it down for Indisputable. And thanks so much for watching today, ciao.